Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. So I saw the show, was it a couple weeks ago? There was not a dry eye in the house, at least in my viewing. And uh, I myself was like choking up. I had my mask on. I was like, you know, it was crazy, but uh, it was, it was really good. Congratulations. Thank you. Success, uh, so far. And so my first question for you is, I, I know it's based on your memoir, which came out nearly two decades ago. Uh, most people would think that by getting their feelings out on the page would be enough, but why did you feel compelled to bring the story to the stage as well? Um, it was something that I had never imagined because the book is a very, very, very different animal than a stage piece. So, you know, words on a page live in, a, live in the reader's imagination. Words on a stage, you know, they have to kind of fill a space, right? So I had never thought about the adaptation, but I was, I was just going to do a gig, a concert. And the presenter said, have you thought about adapting your book just very casually? And I was like, no. <laughs> But then I did start to think about it, and you know, um, you know, it's, so much of the book deals with the creation of Rent, um, which is of course a theatrical piece. And I'd seen one-person musical shows, like I mean, Passing Strange wasn't one person, but it was an autobiographical musical. And Hedwig and the Angry Inch isn't technically one person, but it's you know, Hedwig telling her story through you know monologues and songs. So I thought, like, that's the sort of thing where it could potentially work. And then I started to work with my friend, Steve Miller, the director. And I don't know, there's just something about being able to use the music to help tell the story that made a lot of sense to me. It's a very different kind of telling than a book, but it also is one that I think can, can work. And so far, knock on wood, um, our audiences seem to agree. Now, since you brought it up, the show features a lot of the music from Rent, was that hard? Did you have to jump through any hurdles to be able to use it? No, I, I have a really wonderful relationship with Jonathan's sister, Julie. She's the um, main, I guess, I don't know if her technical term would be executor, but, you know, she's she's the kind of, she's the person through whom all, all decisions are made. And while Jonathan's father and mother were still alive, I think they were also very involved. So I, I felt I had, you know, a lot of faith that we would be able to find a way to make it work. And there was, yeah, there were no hurdles at all. I mean, it was it, Julie and, and her family trust me, thankfully, and they know I'm not going to be doing anything to, you know, corrupt or try to misuse anything that Jonathan wrote. And, you know, the whole part of the whole reason for being of the show is to uphold his legacy and to share 
uh, aspects of him that I think maybe people aren't as familiar with and to use his beautiful music and lyrics that, you know, it's not, I, I do sing some of the songs, some of the moments that, you know, I as Mark sang, but I'm also getting to use other aspects of the songs in new ways. And people have remarked that they're sometimes hearing the lyrics with fresh ears because they're recontextualized a little bit. And that was a big hope of mine, you know, to let them stand on their own in a new way um, was very meaningful. And I think Julie and her family appreciated that. And I, I mean, I'm very grateful that they gave me the blessing. Well, when I got the playbill and I saw that some of the music would be used, um, I was, I was curious to see how it would play out. And while I was watching it, I kept on thinking of, uh, and I know these are, these are totally different, pieces of art you're you're comparing yours to across the universe with the way that it kind of reintroduced mm. a whole new audience to the beatles uh and i'm hoping that this does the same thing for rent for people who may not be familiar with the show or the music i thought it was really cool oh thank you yeah and we also you know this is something that's more i guess inside baseball ish about it but you know we when we use the songs it's mostly we're also changing the arrangement of them so they they just have a different feel in some ways, and that was exciting creatively and artistically, and I think also hopefully able to yeah to have people hear these with with fresh ears. Um, so that's that's a that was a meaningful endeavor for us creatively as well. Now, for someone who has perhaps been living under a rock for the past thirty years or has never heard of Rent, how would you describe the show? Well, without you is uh, it's a it's a musical memoir, so it's taken from my memories of a sort of two year period of a very intense period of my life in which I was cast in this new unknown off Broadway musical called Rent that turned out to be a massive success. And at the same time that that was going on, uh, my mom her cancer recurred. So these two enormously life-changing experiences happen side by side simultaneously. And the, the piece Rent that deals with loss and living in the face of loss. And so the show is also very much an exploration of what, how do you keep moving forward in the face of really difficult situations like, like losing loved ones. And I hope that ultimately the show uh, is a demonstration that that is indeed possible to do. It's not to say that you have to shove your head in the in the, in the sand and look away from the the sadness or pain of the loss, but that it it also it, it's it's about opening yourself up to the whole experience of it. You can embrace it and be with it and still live fully. Now you've written about it. Uh, I know now you're performing about it in the process of bringing it to life. Is there anything new that you've learned or realized all these years later about yourself or the experiences that you probably never kind of looked at before? I mean, one big difference right now is that uh, I'm performing the show with a nine-week-old son in my life. And so there's aspects of the dynamics between my mom and me that I'm, I'm understanding in my core, viscerally, aspects of what it's like to be a parent that I could only have imagined before. So certain moments in the conversations between us, I mean, I'm not having these conversations with Rye, he's nine weeks old, but just the, the feeling of protectiveness, the feeling of desire to have a really open relationship 
and to to be here as as fully as possible for him. It's something that I knew intellectually before, but now I know in my course of that that's, that stuff is just resonating that much more powerfully for me to be able to have those conversations with my mom, especially since she's not here to give me guidance in real time. I'm I feel like I get her guidance through the through the ages through the words that she shared with me that I get to reenact if that makes any sense even though it's not like she's not sitting me down in the plane saying here's how you were a good parent or bad parent or whatever but but just her by virtue of who she was as a mother um even when she wasn't quote unquote at her best it was still coming from such a beautiful place of devotion to myself and my brother and sister devotion to being a parent to the best of her ability that has so much more meaning for me now than it ever did before and i've always thought she was a really good mom so it's just like that's a whole other level and layer of it and similarly i guess with as far as jonathan you know jonathan speaks very specifically about he wrote rent to honor his friends who were gone and that's something that i always appreciated as well but like this many years later to be doing the show again. And when I say his words, I wrote, you know, I, I wrote it's for them. I wrote this for Jonathan and my mom. And I don't know, just having that many more years go by, that feels that much more powerful for me. And I so, so appreciate being having the opportunity to stand on Jonathan's shoulders and carry on that legacy as well. Not just the legacy of what he wrote, but why he wrote it. And that, by telling the stories of the people who are gone, they can, in a way, live, continue to live. The impact that people have on us through sharing of stories and, and, and bringing and evoking their, their spirits, you know, and their self and their, their loves and their passions, that's also can kind of still live and still make a difference in the world. That's beautiful. And, and congrats, by the way. I saw that you are a, a brand new father. Thank you. It's a lovely journey, uh, <laughs> and I, I, I'm excited to see you excited about it. The idea of a one-man show has always fascinated me. Not only are you the star, you are the stage crew. I saw you moving furniture across <laughs> the stage. I also saw you in the dark taking sips of water. <laughs> yes. How do you keep up the energy and stamina to do this? to do this for so long and to do this multiple times in a day over the course of a week? I mean, I've been doing theater since I was six years old. So there's a part of me that's like, I don't know. It's like, it really feels like riding a bike like that, that I just get into a mode. I've always loved that kind of routine. Like, okay, I know that at seven o'clock tonight, I'm going to be doing a show. So I can be doing anything in my day. And then somewhere in the back of my mind is that. So it's sort of like all in even unconsciously gearing up to that moment when I step foot on that stage. And then it's go time. And then it's go time no matter what. I love that structure. I, so I just, I feel like I just thrive in it. And I wrote the show. So it's like, I don't know that it, it it's, I don't have to work. So I don't have to do homework exactly. If that makes any sense. Like it's all sort of there um, in me, in my, in my DNA, in my brain, in my body. And then also the music is like really, you know, it's like, it's music that my, I really know how to sing. Um, technically in a way that I won't hurt myself or strain myself. So it's all very manageable in a certain sense. And yeah, it's still, it still takes a lot, but it's like, this is, it feels like this is what I was kind of born to do. This kind of work um, on a stage is what I love the most. Um, so I'm just, yeah, right now I'm just feeling really grateful. And it's also, not, it's 90 minutes. It's not, 
you know, there's shows that are four hours that, you know, all things being equal, it's a lot, but it's not too much by any means. The fact that the audience is responding as, as strongly as they are also is, is fuel for me to keep me going. If I was like putting this out into the world and it was like crickets and like a desert of like no one, you know, and people throwing tomatoes, I, I might feel differently. <laughs> Keeping with the theme of rent, you know, 525,600 minutes, a year in the life. Where were you emotionally, physically a year ago? I'm trying to remember the exact timing a year ago, if I was still filming Discovery. At the, I can't remember when we wrapped that season. It's a little like, you know, time in the last three years has been like, what is time? Um, no, I, we were between seasons. So we had just moved. So we were like getting settled in our, in our new place. We knew we were trying to get pregnant. So we were like really working on that, but we were keeping that very, very quiet because, you know, you know, publicize the thing so it was yeah a year ago was a very sort of quiet private time i guess you could say at this time and now here i am in a much more like very public time so yeah a year ago i knew i had these things sort of literally cooking in the oven (laughs) so yeah it was a lot of anticipation i know you've had quite the year uh in the span of just a few months you've had the to, to process the verdict of a very public trial you were the subject of as you mentioned you became a father and now you had the opening of a show that's going to take you to about the halfway point of the next year how does it feel how do you feel i feel incredibly grateful um this was a very long process to get to both the arrival of rye well, it was a very long process to get through the trial. It was a very long process to get to the arrival of Ryan. It was a very long process to get the show mounted. So like all of these things have come to a full circle point. So I feel incredibly grateful to have made it through all of that as whole as, as I've made it. And especially, you know, for Rye and for the show that they've been received and arrived with such beautiful open arms and loving response from so many people. It's been really, really uplifting. And I'm I'm happy that you're happy, man. I really thank you. Uh, thank you. Now, um, I cannot help but feel watching the show that there is uh, so much more story to be told. Uh, and a part of me did not want it to end, uh, as as much as that probably would have killed you if it kept on going. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I have to ask: uh, Do you have plans for like a follow up memoir, or, or like an extension, or maybe a book or a, another show about where you are right now, or the or the the time that has led you up to this point right now? I'm honestly not sure. I mean, I feel like you know what I wrote about. At, certainly at the time, there wasn't a lot of literature that was about young people facing incredible loss. And so that was a big motivating factor. And I'm not sure at this point right now in the middle of it, I'm not sure what I would have to say necessarily about fatherhood or about, you know, these things that haven't been said by other people. It's to to me, it would be like, if, if there's something that I feel like I can find to say that, that, that my voice maybe could contribute to the conversation in a way that would be something that that could lead me to to thinking about writing, but it would just it would have to feel like a calling to do that, which is what happened with the book. I was approached by a wonderful publisher, and we started talking. He had lost his father in his mid twenties, and as we were talking about that, he's like, you know, there really isn't much out there that that there's about this. It's such a particular kind of experience, especially for a young person. So yeah. There maybe maybe you know down this down this path I'll be like yeah you know what I got some things to say so it's I certainly won't rule it out. 
looking forward to it. Uh, now, as we touched upon earlier, Without You is your story. And you, you touched on some of the things that you hope people kind of or audiences resonate with. Uh, but is there like a truly deeper meaning that is at the core of this that you, you want every viewer to walk away from this with? There's a piece of wisdom that I was gifted by my friend Cynthia O'Neill, Cy O'Neill, who ran an organization called Friends Indeed. And when I was in a particularly really rough moment around the time, like right before my mom died, and I was really having a really rough time. And she told me the phrase, the only way out is through. And I know that that might seem like facile or cliche, but if you really think about it, you know, for so many of us, when we're going through a rough thing, the last thing people want to do is go through it. They want to push it away. They want to look away. And if there's anything that my show can help people to, to think about is that you can make it through these things, but you do have to go through them. And that my, my being up in front of you is, I hope, kind of living proof of that. Just personally, like I, I'm very fortunate to have my parents both still alive, but I, I have very many friends who don't have that luxury. And it, watching you, it just, it, it, as sad as it sounds, it made me realize that one day, you know, they won't be here. As you said, you, you got to push through that feeling and just enjoy now. It, you're absolutely right, is what I'm trying to say. No, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I have to ask just because everybody wants to know what happens when this is over. I know people throw around the word limited engagement, but have there been talks about perhaps extending that engagement or expanding to Broadway, perhaps? Talk to me. What can you tell me? I mean, I could tell you that there's any number of possibilities, you know, in this landscape. It's such a strange time for theater, you know, theater's back in so many ways. And then there's still like, you know, people are understandably a little hesitant to come, but our our houses have been good and people have been very responsive. So I would love to do it as long as it's, it's feasible to do it. And yeah, I mean, I would love to, I would love to potentially do it on Broadway. It would have to be, for me, it'd have to be like the right theater. Cause I don't necessarily want to do it in like a 2000 seat theater. It feels a little, I, I love the intimacy of this new world stage theater so much. It's like 200 seats, but it's like, I can see everyone in that theater. That feels great to me. So yeah, if we, if we can get the right, size theater on Broadway? Sure, though, I would love to be on Broadway. And, you know, we've gotten inquiries already from other places, other cities, you know. So, I, yeah, it's something that I would love to do in the right circumstances, the right timing for our family, the right, you know, if we can make our travels work and everything like that. I'm certainly very open and eager to continue to do it as long as it's a successful endeavor. As long as we can do the show that the way that's meant to be done, I'm, I'm happy. But, you know, it really, for me, it like, it's so, it's, it's set in New York, right? Started here. Like the fact that I'm getting to do a run in New York is like, I feel like I'm connected to the core soul of, of the piece in a way that is really, really meaningful. That's awesome. I'm looking forward to it. And so my, my final question for you is, was there anything that I should have asked you or anything else that you want to share about yourself or the project? Oh, wow. Um, anything else? Um, I mean, I'm, I guess there's one thing. Um, normally after shows, I, I really love to be able to talk to the audience that waits after for me. Um, with a with a tiny son at home, I'm I'm having to not do that to, for his safety, you know, in terms of exposing myself to people, for his you know well-being, but also 
so I can be home to do dad duty. So that's a little bittersweet. I'm very grateful to the people who, who do come and see the show. And my, you know, my running home afterwards is not because I want to avoid having that contact, you know. Thankfully, now in the era of social media, I'm getting some lovely messages from people where, you know, part of the reason I love to talk to people after the show in particular is I often hear people share back with me their stories of their losses or, you know, their experiences. And that's, uh, it's very meaningful to have that give, give and take. But thankfully, through social media, I can hear some of that as well. That's awesome. I just want to thank you for taking the time out of your day to speak with me. Thank you for letting me see the show and experience it. I really enjoyed it. Good luck with the show forever, how long it runs, and all your other future endeavors, Star Trek or otherwise. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.